Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Glad you've started the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I had a question, by the way, that I hope you know the answer to about our servicemen and women. So we have Memorial Day. Yes. Where we we honor those who have died in in, in service of our country. Mm -hmm. We have Veterans Day. Which is, you know, anyone who has served our country. But the veterans means that their service is done. Do we have a day for just the military? Like just Armed Forces Day? Isn't there not? There is an Armed Forces Day. Okay. We don't give that one enough love. Like Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Well, Veterans Day is always on a Tuesday, so you don't, can't really cook out or anything for that. But there's always big Memorial Day weekend stuff, right? Yeah, I'm looking to see when Armed Forces Day when 2021. Is it? it is Saturday, May 15th. Okay. Well, there you go. It's on a Saturday, even. So it's coming. All right. Yeah. I will have an Armed Forces Day. You're right, though. That gets no play. It gets no play. All right. Yeah, it's well, kind of weird. I don't know what brought that into my head today, but it did. I'm glad you. I'm glad we had an answer. Thank, we had, thank God we had a device. It is a federal holiday. On a Saturday? Observed annually. On the third Saturday of May. Okay. It's a federal holiday. On a Saturday. On a Saturday. You know what that means? You know what that means? It means all those bums at the Social Security office, Ryan Nelson, are getting an extra day off somewhere. They're like, oh, well, it falls on a Saturday, so we got to take Friday off, too. It is a day dedicated to paying tribute to men and women who currently serve in the United States Armed Forces. They're not getting enough love on this one. They really aren't. We're, we're going to do something up special for Armed Forces Day this year. Should be I don't know noted what that because be. of their unique training schedules, National Guard and Reserve units may celebrate Armed Forces Day slash week over any period in the month of May. Well, good for them, too. But anyway. They've got it a little better. I mean, you're right, though. I mean, It's we, weird, right? It's weird. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Don't know we, why that, we, we appreciate you here on Thunder and Lightning every, every day. day so. we, I don't know why that popped into my head, but it did. All right. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You've seen, I don't know if you've seen that, they've transitioned. This is why they're a successful business, right? When you ask them to be successful, don't get rid of it. Adapt. Overcome. Evolve, if you will. The Big Deborah, which was the Christmas tree cake, now it's the Valentine cake. I'm telling you right now, your sweetheart will love you even more if you bring her home one of those delicious handmade treats. From Strange Brew Coffee House, and of course... What are they calling it? Is, is it I think it's called like name? a Valentine cake, oh, okay. but I don't know. That, is that is that That's probably trademarked, though. But Valentine cake, you can't trademark Surely that. Surely not. Because yeah. Valentine's something that everybody's using, and certainly you can't trademark the word cake. No. If so, Betty Crocker would have done it years ago, that vengeful woman. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can call it whatever you want. You can call it good. That's what you can call it. You can call it that. As you can call it just about anything you get from Strange Brew Coffee, or from Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. 
Our good friends over at College Corner are ready for you. You know, news comes out today. Mississippi State Baseball in Texas. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. You want to go to that? There's tickets available. But don't show up in that old ratty MSU polo. Show up in brand new M over S gear that you got from College Corner. They've got two locations to serve you in Jackson. So if you're flying out of Jackson to go to Dallas, bam, right there. You can stop in at one of their two locations. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flow by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online. They make it easy at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems wants you to know this is the time to make sure your business is moving into the right direction in 2021. And you can't do that with 20... Blah, blah, blah. I was going to say 2001. <laughs> I was going to say it. With 2001's technology, you've got to upgrade. You've got to be running, working with the best equipment, the best technology. And that's what Advantage Business Systems does. They come in and they give you the upgrade that your business desperately needs. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems... Helps your business do business. Joel, we're going to keep talking football here on a Friday. Football Fridays, why not? We're going to talk about uh, year two, and this this time we're talking about specific players. Who and what do we expect big improvements from, or anything from, uh, in year two under Mike Leach? And I guess we just sort of have to start with Will Rogers, right? And that feels like it, it needs to be that way. Yeah, I mean, you got to make the assumption that he's going to be the guy, though. I mean, I know he's the odds-on favorite going in, but do you give any level of chance whatsoever that we're sitting here doing our first three Ps of the 2021 football season and the starting quarterback is not Will Rogers? Do you give any chance of that happening at all? There's a chance. It's a small chance. It's a slim chance, but there's a chance. If you said, you know, if we were going to do odds, right, we're saying like Will Rogers is like minus three hundred, right? He's the favorite. Jack Abraham is like five to one. You can get good odds on Jack Abraham. Sawyer Robertson is like twenty to one, and, I, and the main reason for that is he's not going to be here until June. I would change that and make him a much stronger favorite, to be honest with you, if he were going to be here for spring. And then Daniel Greek's like one hundred fifty to one. This is probably not going to happen. Yeah, but Jack Abraham could win this job. I don't think that he will, though. I think it will be Will Rogers. And so now we have to ask ourselves, is his stat line going to fall into the typical Mike Leach quarterback stat line? 4,000 yards passing between 25 and 40 touchdowns and hopefully you know, between, I would say, somewhere between 10 to 15 interceptions. Don't want to be much over that. Do you think that's going to happen in year two? I mean, my first instinct is yes. I still tend to lean towards Mike Leach's offense becoming what it's always become. Uh, you know, we had some high expectations for the offense that did not get met in 2020, but uh, you started to see flashes of it coming around towards the end of the year, and when you combine that with the fact that, how many times have we said it, Mike Leach's offense all like Mike Leach's offenses always end up clicking. You got to believe you're going to see some numbers like you right. just mentioned. I mean, you just have and to believe And we talked it's last week happen. about the the improvement year one to year two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think in evaluating Will, it's best to kind of wipe out the first few times you saw him. You know, yeah. don't don't count what he looked like against Kentucky right. when he came in in relief. Or Vanderbilt. Or, or, yeah. I mean, like, look from 
basically when states started to turn around, Georgia on, and then try to extrapolate that, I guess, into what you could expect over a full 12-game schedule. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you do that, I mean, you also have a game that wasn't his best against Auburn in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's you're going to have some off nights. I, I think you would get a better gauge of what you can expect Will Rogers to be next year by looking at like the Georgia game on, yeah. as opposed to looking at the entire picture. That would make the most sense, right? That's when he, you know, he's been he's been entrenched as the starter. They basically had another bye week worth of preparation in there because they had the week off for COVID. So, yeah, the reps would have been there, and getting a full spring, yeah, I, I think it's it's fair to look at what, what Will Rogers did from from Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, Missouri bowl game. As a, as a better gauge, and think that he can be better. His best game in there was the Egg Bowl, through for 440 yards. But against Ole Miss's defense, that's, you, know, you can't take too much away from that. But he was very solid against Georgia, 300 yards passing. Um, and most importantly for, for Rodgers, outside of the Auburn game, he did a pretty good job of taking care of the football. That's going to be the key for Mississippi State. They had that really is the key. Yeah, if, if 18 you don't... interceptions a year ago, and what, three of them went the other way for touchdowns. That's, that can't happen again. That need, that number needs to be cut in half. I mean, it really does kind of feel like after seeing this Mike Leach offense in action for one year that that's what makes it or breaks it for the season. Mm-hmm. If you don't turn the football over, you're probably going to have a good year. And yeah. if you do, then you're not. And that's not, I mean, that's and not, that's not breaking news. That's not unique to Mike Leach no, either. No, yeah. but it did kind of feel like it was I, – I think it's just because the turnovers were just so – Kick to the when you're giving rear. away pick sixes. Yeah, well, when you're handing six points, or at some point, some some instances, it's like fourteen point swings. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it literally was a which game was it? It was a fourteen point swing. State through the pick in the, and then when there a pick six that was a long one. It wasn't a long that. one, but they, they 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 took it back down to like the two and then score. That's and right. then score. So That's yeah, right. basically a, a fourteen point swing. I can't remember which game that was. Kentucky. Now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And right now, let's let's look at Will Rogers. He completed almost seventy percent of his passes. I won't say the number because I don't want to get a nice out of anybody. Uh, so if he's around seventy percent on and the state threw the ball five hundred fifty-seven times, you know, Costello was at sixty-four percent. We're, we're talking about three, you know, th- f- close to four hundred completions. So if you average ten yards. A completion, we're right at 4,000 yards. And 10 yards, that doesn't feel like that much to ask. Uh, State averaged uh, 8.7 this year, but, I mean, when you've got Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson getting you four and a half yards per completion, that's what's going to happen. So I think, you know, I think yes. I think the answer to my question is yes. Uh, I expect Will Rogers' stat line to look like a typical Mike Leach quarterback stat line next year. Is it fair to say, I don't even know if the what will make or break it for Will Rogers is Will Rogers? I, I don't know that his numbers mm-hmm. – I kind of feel like he – I'm not saying he's a perfect QB, but I kind of feel like his numbers are more predicated on the five guys in front of him figuring things out than anything else. That's true. You're right. I mean, but that's – again, that's not, that's not unique to anybody else. You know, everybody's offensive line has to be pretty good for their quarterback to be good. Nobody's putting up huge numbers in front of a, you know, a, a, switch, a wall of switch cheese. So, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Daniels, first-team All-SEC. Corral, second-team All-SEC. If you did a third-team All-SEC, is it Will Rogers? Do you, can you project that? You know? Don't know who started what gives, at Florida. Don't what know. gives you pause is how we sat here and talked about how, you, hey, you know, look, make 
KJ Costello maybe should be an all. I had him as my second team all SEC preseason quarterback. And then what that turned into. So that's what kind of gives you a little bit of pause. Is do you doesn't that feel like that was more Costello was was injured? He was obviously injured. There's no question. Even before the Alabama game, there's no question in my mind that he lost his arm strength. There's no question. So I think if you know, look what he did the first game. If he could have been healthy, I think he would have been all right. Yeah. I mean, but. Right now, if I told you any SEC quarterback is going to throw for 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, that guy's the first-team All-SEC quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you would, you would think. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, who's his biggest <laughs> – Bo I'm Nix? Sure. No. no. I mean, I, bet, At, just, I think in terms of returning starters. Yeah, I was going to say plug-and-play Alabama quarterback. Bryce Young is, is, a, is a threat because he's, he's going to put up good numbers. Yeah. I don't know who the starter at Florida is yet. I mean, I assume it's Emory Jones, but he can't pass. Uh, you know, the starter at Carolina, don't know who that is. Starter at Kentucky, don't know who that is. Starter at Tennessee, don't know who that is. LSU, I mean, I assume it's going to be Miles Brennan, but I don't, I don't like him there. I don't know who the starter at A&M is. Arkansas, Felipe Franks is gone. Don't know who that guy's going to be. So, yeah. I mean, it's sort of by default. But, I mean, you, you really only know Mizzou, the kid's back there, and Vanderbilt, the kid's back there. What is Connor Bra- ba- Brazel? And, uh, yeah, he was, he was good, too. He it? was pretty good. Yeah. And Seals, well, he was first-team All-SEC quarterback for freshman over Rodgers. I think yeah. if Rodgers had played the whole year, it would have been different. But you know, there's only, yeah, so there's, what, six quarterbacks that we know in the SEC this year? And only two of them, Daniels and Corral, and Daniels only played half the season, or a little less, but put up quality numbers. And then then you have Rodgers, whose numbers were okay. Yeah. Daniels and Corral, though, are the slam dunk. Yes. One, two, or in whichever way you want to put yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I if you My ballot would probably have Corral ahead of him, because I know the, his numbers should be bigger. Yeah. You know, Daniel, I, I don't trust Kirby to open up the offense. You know, in terms of talent... Like, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Daniels. But I know that Corral is going to throw the ball a ton. Yeah. What about at running back? That was such a, a thing for Mississippi State this year. You know, you look at, at Marks and Dylan Johnson, they combined for about 550 yards. But, what, in the last two games, they probably got 300 of that? Yeah, something like that. Because they had 200. I think it was like 209 going into the, the Missouri game. I think that's right. Um, but it should, does it give you, I guess, some semblance of, I don't know if hope's the right word, because I, I, it doesn't, yards or yards, it doesn't really matter, as long as state's gaining yards, that's all anybody gives a darn about, but as pertains to the rushing attack, do you think state figured something out there those last two games, or was it just a matter of what Missouri was giving them, and then it was kind of a cruddy weather day in the Armed Forces Bowl so they ran the ball a little bit more. What? It was a cruddy... It wasn't... wasn't was it... I remember it was raining a little for the Missouri game, too. Yeah, I think it? so, because we weren't allowed to park where we were. Yes. So yeah. the, the weather was a factor a little bit that day, at least. But. So what I would say to you is this. I would say that Mike Leach, for all the, the, the jokes we make, he does want to run the ball some. But I think the combination of uh, offensive line woes with the fact that they were they were playing from behind a lot, you know, made it made it difficult to do so. And and you're dealing with true freshmen trying yeah. to find holes in the SEC for the first time right. too, running right. the ball. I mean, I mean it's not know. just. I think if Kylan Hill had kept his head on straight and had just been the running back of this team, they would have run the ball a lot more throughout. And I know they didn't run much against LSU, but when you're throwing for 620 yards, you don't. It's fine. But eventually, yeah, you you do need to run the ball. 
And I think if Hill had been his normal self, that, that you would have seen normal rushing numbers from a Mike Leach offense. As it is, it took until late in the season to get there. You and I differ on these two guys. I like Johnson better. You like Marks better. Why? Why do you like Marks better? I just think that overall – now, to, to be fair here, I, I like Johnson too. Neither one of us are saying <laughs> I'm not that. hating like, Dylan Johnson. This is one of those things that people do. It's I, I like, know. I like this guy better. Oh, you think that guy sucks? No. No, this is just – They're Joel, both good. Joel, I, you can only have one. Which one are you taking? Right. I'm taking Marks. You're okay. taking Johnson. Why are you taking Marks? I just think he is overall the better package. Uh I think he he seems to be a little more shifty, a little more explosive, a little more athletic. Um, overall, I just think his his ceiling is higher. I, I think he could be a an explosive, like game breaking type of dude. I, 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 Johnson, I think, has some some playmaking ability in him, and and maybe his floor is higher. Because I, I mean, Marks is. Had some games this past year where he wasn't really. I mean, you look at the stat sheet and he wasn't wasn't much there for. for there Marks. were a lot of games where marks where I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching here. Yeah, like I don't see any elusiveness. But to me, I just I, I feel like as a as a pass catcher, um, doing the multiple things that Mike Leach would like for his running back to do, I just feel like Marks is is overall the be- the better fit. I like Johnson. I think Johnson's a little bit more well-rounded. He's a more physical runner. I think in this offense, too, you need this offense has so little physicality because they don't run the ball that much. You need a guy that I, – I just want to have a guy that I can trust on third and two to dive into the pile and get the first down. And I feel like I have that more with Johnson than I do with Marks. I, 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 I just feel that way. I think that I think he's just a little bit more complete back than Marks. I think Marks is the more explosive playmaker. But I think for in terms of being a complete back, I like Dylan Johnson better. Well, the good news is you got both of them. Yeah, that's, so, uh, that's, that's the beauty of it. And I was surprised by the amount of – we didn't see a lot of, of different stuff out of it. State ran a good bit of two-back sets this year. So I, I, I hope that, that, that the Mike Leach can do that, you know, can come up with something to, you know, put both of them in, in, in the field at the same time and, and take advantage of that. These two guys come out, like I said, 550 yards uh, rushing – and combined for uh, let's see here, just under or just over four hundred yards receiving. So about a total of almost a thousand yards. Uh, they combined for no receiving touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns. I mean, is it fair to say you want that number to almost double next year? That you like to, for both of them to be around five hundred yards rushing, and for both of them to be around five hundred yards receiving. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty, pretty good goal to, to shoot for. I mean, if, I don't if, think that's totally unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, especially if, especially the rushing numbers. They should be able to combine for a thousand, a thousand yards in a twelve-game season is not. It's not even a hundred yards a game. We're talking about like eighty yards. You like to be able to see that, right? Yeah, I mean, state can't go back to what they did the first nine games no. of the season, in which your average. Let's say if you have about two hundred yards over nine games, you know, you're averaging somewhere around twenty yards a game on the ground. I know yards are yards, but you got to get more than that on the ground, right? Uh, you, you can't be winning games in the SEC with with twenty yards of rushing a night most times. No, although I think Georgia may have beat State with they did, <laughs> they did, but that was a night where their their passing game was on, yeah, for whatever reason. So you know, for Marks and Johnson, yeah, a combined thousand yard, 
if they were both combined thousand yard all purpose guys, I think that's perfect for Mississippi State. You know, and the main thing you've got to do, like the rushing yard per carry is fine. Four and a half yards carry, that's fine. You can't have these guys averaging four and a half yards a catch next year. They need to be up to, you know, eight to nine yards per catch, if not more. I mean, Mark's had 60 catches this year. What What is that? Eight yards catch is 480 yards. I mean, that's another 200 plus yards. That's probably another two or three touchdowns. I mean, hey, there were games where that would have been helpful. You know, and part of that's going to be the the offensive line. Part of that is going to be, and I mentioned this during the season, that sometimes the check down needs to be the first look because there are times where they, where they take off out of the backfield and they're running upfield, and if you could just dump them the ball right there, they're going to do something. Too many times the check down was the fourth look, and in an eight-man drop, as soon as you re- they realize you're checking down, he's catching the ball with three guys around him and his back's to the ball because he's not really running a route. Yeah. He's just trying to stay there so that the guy, so you have somebody to dump it off to. They got to get that fixed. We'll see if they can. At the other receivers, is it going to be fair for us to expect Jaden Wally to perform at the level he performed at the final four games of the final final four? Yeah, the, he didn't have a great bowl game. Yeah. Can I can I can I count on him for hundred yards a game? It sure looked like it. Yeah. For half a season. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's a. a very realistic expectation to have because you you saw it for four games in a row. I mean, after he kind of got his freshman feet wet, you were seeing it every night. So, yeah, I think that somewhere between 75 and 100 yards a night out of him, you can probably – right now it sure looks like you can bank on that. I mean, the only thing that gives you pause is, is, like you said, the bowl game you didn't have the best game, and you're not going to have one – you know, you're going to have games where you don't have your best night. I mean, maybe other people are getting open or – Maybe it's just not your night, but I think more often than not, yeah, you can probably look for for something like that out of him. And what you got to hope for is that whether it's a a, a Tulu Griffin or you know Javante Payton coming back or somebody another two or three guys um, to to add on to that, and then all of a sudden you, you start to crunch those numbers together and 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 what we just talked about with Marks and Johnson, if their numbers are increased and you start to add all that together, you get a picture of how this offense really might be a a, a lot more of an intimidating force next year than, than what it was this past year. I agree. I agree with you. And then, you know, who becomes number two then? Is it going to be Malik Keith? Is it going to be Tulu Griffin? Austin Williams. I mean, Austin Williams had a pretty solid year. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have great yards per catch, but he caught 43 passes. Don't forget yeah. you got Makai Polk coming in. Makai Polk is coming in. I think that had Tyrell Shavers, again, kept his head on straight, he could have been a bigger part of this offense. I mean, he showed that he had talent. Had a great first game against LSU. Um, can Polk be that guy this year? Or will it be Teddy Knox? Will he be a, a how big a part? Who, who when I say... Well, it, when the commentators are doing that, yeah. So they, you know, we all know about Jaden Wally, but the complimenting him is, ooh, maybe. It, and the thing is, I almost said Tulu, mm-hmm. but the thing about that is, for as good of a bowl game as he had, so much of that was special teams. It wasn't necessarily the fact that he was. No, yeah, he only had, I think he only had like he, one catch in the game. It was yeah, a touchdown. It was a touchdown. But, um, I I do think there's a ton of potential there for him to be that guy. Still, though, I think my first instinct is Tulu. It's to say him. But, I mean, there, there's no one else that I feel like, 
is any closer than Tulu. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't know that you look at. I think I mean, Malik you, Heath is the next guy. Yeah, yeah. You can't really project that Teddy Knox is going to come in and immediately be right that guy. Yeah, we forgot but, about we forgot about Javante Payton, but he I mean, he battled injuries towards the end there. I mean, Heath is to me is the best option because he's the most prototypical wide receiver. He's got height. He can go deep, but he's got some physicality. No, no pun intended. Yeah. To that, I feel like he could be a guy. I mean, he had 37 catches this year. I could I could see him jumping up to 60 in the right situation. I think. Yeah, I mean, Austin Williams is going to be a big part of things again. Too. I think he's going to play the exact same just, role. You just hope to get a little bit more explosive plays out of him. But he had 43 catches. I mean, I don't see him getting too many more than that. What what the best case for scenario scenario for state is that. Wally, he had 52 catches. If he's your number one guy, he's got to, he's going to come up about 10 to 15 catches. That somebody replaces Osiris Mitchell, maybe that's Malik Heath, who had four, he had 47 catches, but let's turn that into 60. Then somebody just replaces Malik Heath with 37 catches. That might be Tulu Griffin. And then Austin Williams, you know, if he added five more catches, 10 more catches, great, but 43 catches is still plenty. And then you'll still have Marks and, and Johnson getting catches as well. That's that to me is it makes the most sense. I think Teddy Knox is probably the most likely guy to come in and replace. Uh, hmm. So that's the thing. Like Teddy Knox doesn't have. A, there's not a production guy. Like he might take over for like two guys. He might be the guy who takes over for catches for uh, Cameron Gardner, Jaquarius Spivey, Tyrell Shavers. He might. That would be like a combined thirty catches right there. He might have more than that though because he's got. The one, thing, the one thing State should have this year on the field is some speed. Between Wally, Griffin, and Knox, you've got some guys who can get behind the defense and guys who can make people miss and and get you big plays off of short passes. That was one of the big problems for State a year ago was the short passes just stayed short passes. Nobody was breaking a tackle. The yak yardage? The yak wasn't there. I, I, you know, we see the yards per completion. I would love to see, like... Yards after catch. I don't. Yeah. You know, they don't have that stat available at Hale State. I'm sure there's some probably, probably pay pro for, football focus. Pro or football something. focus would have it, but I, you know, if you want to pay for that, I'll be happy to use your password. The O line, obviously, that was the issue all year. Looks like there's going to you're making some changes. They've been talking about that dollar bill is going to move inside to guard. I think that's a good move. You're going to get Scott Lashley back. Nick Jones is going to be a contributor from JUCO. Um, Charles Cross, Cross had his ups and downs. It's difficult, you know, first off, everybody's watching him because he's a five-star. And when you throw the ball 50 to 60 times a game, there's just going to be some reps where you get beat. There just are. You know, you can't, you can't block a guy every time. But I thought, by and large, Charles Cross was pretty good this year. You know, you got to replace Darian Parker and, and Greg Island. LaQuinson Sharp coming back should give you a guy who can do that. Uh, Dollar Bill, I think Dollar Bill will be fine at guard. Cam Jones was a surprise. At right tackle, I thought he was okay. Yeah. Cole Smith, I guess he's going to have to be center now that James Jackson is transferring out. I think you got some pieces here, but can you expect? Do you expect? I think the baseline minimum is they can block three, five can block three. Can they be an offensive line that becomes an asset? And I say that, ask you that because last year we thought, wow, the O line should be pretty good, and they weren't. Yeah, it, it, going into the year, it was maybe the the one unit that we thought, well, you don't really have to worry about that group. Yeah, and then it turned into maybe the the biggest deficiency on the team. Um, gosh, man, you'd have to think that with a full fall practice and then the season, and then now you got a spring practice going up and another fall camp, you'd have to think that with repetition, these guys know what to do now. And 
man, that's a gigantic red flag on somebody if they go out there in 2021 and can't get the job done. And it, I mean, yeah, I don't. Maybe it's on the guys themselves, or maybe the message of the coaching staff and sinking it something. If they go out there in 2021 and look lost again, you know, the old rush three drop eight continues to baffle them, and they can't figure out a way despite having a two man advantage to to keep guys off a of wheel or whoever's quarterbacking. If that continues to be an issue next year, I that's that's a humongous um, yeah black mark against somebody. I think also Will Rogers figuring out that he could run a little help will help the offensive line as well. You know, sort of a an a, a addition by addition. He was a much better runner, basically from the Georgia game on. That you know, and again, nobody's asking him to be Nick Fitzgerald. Nobody needs twenty carries out of Will Will Rogers. When the, the things break down and you, and you don't have those first couple of reads and you just look up and there's some green grass, take it. Yeah. Take it. If yards are really yards, take it. Take it. I think the other line can be better, but they are one area that I am definitely going to reserve judgment on. I don't. I feel pretty good telling you that I think Marks and Johnson will be better next year. I feel pretty good telling you that Wally can continue to improve and Rodgers can continue to improve, but I am going to wait and see on the offensive line. Yeah, it's amazing how things change in a year's time, but yeah, now – like we said, we going into last year, we, we circled that as the group you didn't have to worry about, and you did. Going into next year, that's the group that you circle, and you're like, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, it, there's just no telling. Do, you would hope with experience and with a year in this system that things get better, and I thought towards the end of the year, things did get better. Um, you still had some moments, whether it was the Auburn game or it wasn't the greatest of showings in the bowl game even. Uh, for the group, so you you certainly still had some moments down the stretch where it didn't lend you to think that everything had been figured out, but they got better overall, and you just have to hope that they take another stride forward. Right. But it is certainly an area, the biggest area for me, looking at, at the offense going forward. Defensively, uh, Mississippi State three three five looks like Zach Harnett still going to be a part of that. Am I wrong to say? that you want Pickering and Crumity on the field at the same time, that Crumity probably needs to move to where Marquis Spencer was. Sort of uh, creates a little depth a, for you there, too. Yeah. I mean, who... I guess at that point I'm asking who's backing up Pickering. Probably Cam Young, who played pretty good. Yeah. Wasn't bad. And, of, of course, course, you know, you can slide those guys in and out, right? Yeah. You can, you can let Pickering have a series off and Crumity comes in at the nose. And you can have a series where Pickering's out and Crumity's out, and you, you bring him in yeah. Aaron Odom. I mean, and that would give you a, a pretty Harris. good – Like, if, if Jordan Davis is now starting it in. Which is going to be the case, it looks like, yeah. Um, and you get Pickering in the middle and Crumity on the other end. I mean, that that's a pretty strong – That's probably your starting defensive line game one, right? three. That would be my guess Crumity, right now today. Pickering, Davis. And then your next three would be what? Odom, uh, Young, and Harris? Unless we're forgetting somebody here. Which we probably are. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then... So, yeah, you... Well, yeah, we are. Charlton. Yeah. We sure are. Charlton. I think Charlton is sort of the... uh, I mean, if you keep Crumity... In the middle, it's probably Charlton Charlton. and... Charlton and... uh, It'd be Charlton, Crumity, and and Davis. And Davis. I like that, too. That sounds like a third down lineup, doesn't it? Sounds like, for sure, third down, those two, Charlton and... uh, and Davis are going to be on the field. Yep, that's some pass rush. Go, there. go get them. <laughs> what, with that, with with Tyrus Reed behind them and, and Aaron Brule, yeah, I like that. Don't mind that at all. 
Another guy who I think is going to be a bigger player this year who hasn't made any contribution yet whatsoever is DeMonte Russell. Uh, you know, obviously out this year with injuries, but in a 3-3-5, he just feels like the perfect outside linebacker to go after quarterbacks. I expect that he's the guy right now, if you said who's your dark horse to that, you know, from last year to this year, you didn't know about him last year. Now you're going to hear all about it. DeMonte Russell is that guy. Yeah, certainly seems fearless. Everybody out there <laughs> fighting in the field, got helmets and stuff on. He just got his ball cap on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty good call, I think. He, he's a, he's definitely a guy that that could, ha- could have a big impact on things. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, Nathaniel Buki Watson yeah. steps into that, that role. At, yeah, well, that's where I he's going to be. middle linebacker. And, I mean – you lose a guy like Errol Thompson, and there's no way around it. There's just he, He's one of those guys that I don't know if there is any replacing him, mm-hmm. just some of the intangible qualities and such that he brought. But mm-hmm. uh, Watson count, comes with pretty high praise as far as his versatility and things. So we'll see if he continues to develop. They've got to find another guy there, though. You know, and I, to me, the first guy, I like Deshaun Page's measurables and I like his recruiting profile. I, I figure you got to give this guy a try in the middle because you. You're going to have to move somebody. Somebody's going in the middle, all right? They're not just going to go out there and just you know tell Jet Johnson to have at it. They got to find a guy. Why not bring in a guy who hasn't played yet, so that from day one, what is he learning? He's learning the middle. I think that's. A, I mean, he's got the size. He'll be fine. Yeah. That that's what I would do. I don't know what Zach Arnett's going to. do. I don't know what LSU's depth chart is, but strong sure. Miss an opportunity to just come straight. It here. feels like it, but at the same time. But I mean, he may do it at LSU too. I don't. And know. he felt like that. You know, they had a better chance to put him in the NFL, which I don't agree with. I don't agree with that statement. Because I mean, just look who's in the NFL today. Look at the money getting made by MSU people in the NFL. Bernard McKinney should have been on the phone with this kid. But regardless, uh, yeah, linebacker is sort of. A, it's not really a question mark, but at the same time, there are questions. I feel good about. I mean, you can't not feel good about Brule and uh, and Wheat, and then you know it's the, it's that next group that's behind them that you're going to have to you know you have your concerns about. The good news is that's where Zach Arnett coaches, and I have learned that Zach Arnett is a great coach, and I'm I have a ton of confidence in him to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that's the best news. Whether it's that or whether it's any secondary concerns or anything, I mean. Zach proved last season that whatever you give him to work with, he's going to get the most out of it. I agree. So, You feel great at cornerback. You should have two All-SEC guys here. I mean, right now, I, I know that my, my All-SEC ballot will have both guys on it. You pick four corners, two of them are going to be from Mississippi State, and then I'll figure out the other two. I guess Stingley, and then I don't know who my fourth one will be off the top of my head. But Emerson and, and, and Forbes are going to be on there. Uh, I like Forbes better. To be totally, honest. are we in disagreement on this one? No. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess Emerson is a little bit more the proven commodity just because he had the other year of experience. But after what we saw last year, I can't, I can't go against you at all. I, I think that. Do you feel like some of Forbes' big year was the fact that Emerson is so good over there? Teams avoid him a little bit. So there's something to that. If you remember Fred Smoot's first year at State, he had five picks. And that's because nobody threw at Robert Bean. Because the year before that, Robert Bean had had five picks. So nobody threw at Bean, but the problem was you had Smoot on the other side. Sort of the same thing here, exactly right. And I know a lot of people gave Emerson a lot of crap for the uh, the thing that happened. One play. One play. 
But that was ba- – I mean, how many other touchdowns did he give up this year? He was easily one of the best cornerbacks in the country. And so, yeah, some of that is that. And now you, now you have that quandary, you know, now you're going to have to work the middle of the field, basically, because those two guys are going to take away your outside receivers. So that's where State has to figure things out quickly with the safeties. Because I like Fred Peters and C.J. Morgan, but they're not great coverage guys. They're guys who are great in run support, and they're good leaders. But one-on-one with a receiver, and same with Sean Preston. We saw that in the Georgia game, and he had a really rough bowl game. Uh, Landon Guidry, we saw that. State has got to find some guys to be better. Another guy that didn't play this past year. Had injuries. I think Janari Dean could be one of those guys. Just a hoss athlete. We'll see what he can do. But he's a guy that I have my eye on to maybe be sort of like a Marcus Murphy type of player. Yeah, I I don't know enough really about him to to say if he would be that or not. But it would definitely behoove State if he is. <laughs> I mean, anything that surprises anybody if he if he's that that's huge for him. But uh, I mean he, he comes. Highly touted for sure, but again, th- this entirety of the secondary, man, I-, I just, you know, this was the group that last year we had a lot of questions about. It's kind of like the offensive line a little bit in reverse. You had questions about it last year, and now with the emergence of Forbes and things, yeah, I mean, there are some depth questions, but you just really feel good about it to to a certain degree. You have right. Questions, yeah, but you still feel pretty darn good given what's coming back and what could possibly emerge. Um. Do you feel like that the do you feel like state defensively is the safer bet of of between defense and offense next year? But given the fact that you have Arnett and what he did last year with that group, and I mean, is it suddenly going into twenty twenty one to a point where if you just had to take it to the bank, that you're more confident in what you're going to get out of defense than offense? It's funny that I think that that's the question. I think that, that that's, that's correct. But I think that's because of Zach Arnett more than anything else. I just I saw him. We spent a year talking about that defense is not going to be very good. And they ended up being good. And so I feel like they've added some talent and they've gotten better in the system. I feel like Zach Arnett is the reason. that, that, that If you told me tomorrow that Zach Arnett's going to take the Washington job, then I would say uh, there were going to be some problems. But... Yeah, with Arnett there, I probably do feel a little bit better about this. Isn't it weird, though, that we say that? Because of one year of Arnett, we give the defense the benefit of the doubt. Mike Leach has 20 years of leading high-powered offenses, and yet we're still sitting here, probably everybody, if we're honest, at least a little curious as to to whether or not he's going to be able to put it together because of what we saw last year. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that, that just one year of Arnett sticks in everybody's mind as mm-hmm. he's the savior kind of deal. And, you know, Leach, what, 18, 19 out of his 20 seasons, his offense has clicked along about perfectly, and there's still at least some questions over him. Right, it's right. just kind of a weird situation. It, it is, but at the same time, you know, you saw enough improvement at the end of the season last year that you should feel good. You should feel good about this Mississippi State team. Now, they have a tough schedule, and, you know, they're going to have to, you know, they can't just show up and win games. They're going to have to play play well, but there's a the, the ceiling is an eight nine win season, and that's going to be. I mean, after this past year, winning three games in the regular season, I mean, nine wins is going to feel like a national title. If they do any more than that, you're not going to, know how to handle yourself. So yeah, I feel pretty good about this team and their chances. But these guys we've been talking about these past you know forty minutes here, they need to improve. 
You need Will Rogers to, to take a step forward. You need Marks and Johnson to take a step forward. You need Wally to do what he give you what he gave you. Somebody else has to also give you a little bit more there too. Man, I tell and then you the O line is is a huge question to me. If the offense does come out next year and it just hums along, man, I mean, just racking up the yardage and the points, you're going to look around and and see that all the guys that are contributing are once again what they were in 2020 freshmen yeah. and think. Gosh, we're set for the next three years, kind of thing. What do they say? You make your biggest jump, freshman to sophomore. I mean, you should have seven or eight guys making huge jumps from freshman to freshman. I mean, <laughs> it, well, yeah, but I mean, Rogers, Marks, Johnson, Wally, Griffin, Cross, Forbes, all these guys. If they if all those guys take a, a big step forward, what what if they now take? You got, now you got all American, not I mean, all SEC, all American. It, it's a basketball, uh, uh, I guess, comparison. But what if they all? Took the Iverson Molinar freshman yes. to sophomore. Dude. Yes, <laughs> or Reggie Perry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Reggie Perry was a freshman just... was a pretty good player. As the sophomore, he was the SEC Player of the Year. What happens if one of that happens with one guy? Just one guy would be enough. What if you get a couple of guys like that? Yes. There's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I know what you're thinking right now. What did he say? Did he just use the O word? <laughs> yes. There are reasons to be optimistic. That this is going to be a really good football team. Now there's reasons to be pessimistic. If the O line doesn't work out. You got problems. Uh, if you don't find somebody, if, if if Nate Watson or those guys can't repay, replace Errol Thompson, you got some issues, you know. And, and God forbid if Emerson or Forbes get hurt, I mean the depth behind them is not good. You need somebody there, and they don't. That don't. It doesn't look like they're going to get one through the portal. Now, of course, the, the good thing about the portal is it will be open for business all the way into the summer. The spring will happen. People will, depth charts will move around, and people will make some more decisions. But yeah. We'll see where it takes us. I feel I feel good about this team going into twenty twenty one, but there are questions. You know, I think I think the floor. I think they can beat Vanderbilt, and win at least one more SEC game, and I think their non conference games are winnable. So they could six and six would be like my floor, maybe five and seven depending on NC State. But I mean, if they, if six and six and going to a bowl is the floor, that's that's I mean it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. We'll see. All right, let's move on over to baseball. Not a lot to talk about here, but that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I was just up there uh, today, and uh, man, they got a lot of great stuff up there. I saw something that you might like. And they got you know they the, the ready made meals. They got some ready made sides too. Yeah, pork belly green beans. Ooh, yeah, yeah I, I'm I knew all it. in. I knew it. I'm all in. I knew when that. I saw that. I was like, I bet Joel would be all over this. So, well, there you go. Might be time to go pick that up and uh, and put it up. And it's ready-made, man. You don't have to do the cooking. Welcome Home Beef has done it for you. But they got a cooler full of great meat. They've got some great stuff up there. Uh, they got some some good Wagyu pieces up there as well. So, you know, if you want to go, you want to spend that big money and get that high-dollar steak, high do- they have a Wagyu tri-tip up there, Joel. My eye is on that. I may, I may have to just convince my wife that we're going to make a little investment, if you will, in some high-dollar beef. But... Doesn't have to be that way. They got a lot of great stuff, including some of those offcuts that, man, you treat them with a little respect. The oxtail, the shank, those are delicious pieces of meat that you can that melt in your mouth like butter with a little time and care. So why don't you do that today? Give Welcome Home Beef a call at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Put together a package, get it shipped to your door, and enjoy the, the fruits of the labor of Welcome Home Beef. And then when you cook it, well... We know one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. All right, the what is the name of this tournament? 
the State Farm Baseball Classic? College showdown. You'd think after I wrote it that I would remember. Um, That's why I asked you, because you wrote about it and I didn't. Yes, it is the uh, State Farm College Baseball Showdown. All right, then. Sounds great. Globe Life Field. Arlington, Texas. The, the place new... where the Atlanta Braves season came to an end in the National Let's not League. talk about some of the pro things that happened there, because <laughs> none of it's good. The new home of the Texas Rangers, 15,000 tickets available, if I, if I heard correctly, and I think you tweeted, yeah, $25 he, a day or the, 50 bucks gets you into all, all and that's not yeah. just for one game, that gets you into yeah. every game. Yeah, 25 bucks would get you into every game that day, mm-hmm. or if you pay 50 bucks, you could just get into every game that weekend, mm-hmm. and if kids 13 and under, So basically, you buy, it's are, like are buy lower. two and get one free. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Texas, TCU, and Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. State plays in them in that order. Friday, Texas, Saturday, TCU, uh, Sunday, Texas Tech. I was kind of hoping State would play Texas Tech first, just for the symmetry of it all ended against them. And Yeah. Now it all That would have been again. funny, because it would have been a three-game set. State would have already won the series. But <laughs> um, You were on the conference call with those guys today. What did, what did Coach Lamonis have to say? I mean, it was just... I hate to Happy be to be there, kind of thing. But yeah, it was it was that everybody just ready to play again. I agree with that. Um, yeah. The most newsworthy thing, I guess, out of it was I think it was Tyler asked about the because Bianco was on the call too, obviously. Um, asked about the Governor's Cup stuff, and Chris Lamont was like, "Yeah, we're we're going to play that next year. <laughs> it's just a one year not yeah. playing it kind of. Th- well, I guess two years if you count last year, but yeah, that that's coming back. But yeah, overall, in regards to the opening weekend tournament." All six coaches said about the same thing. They're decided to be there, ready to play again. Because yeah. after about a year off, aren't we all? You're right about that. This is an incredible event that would have, gosh, there would have been huge crowds. I think had had, and even there, if there's fifteen thousand in there, there's there might be fifteen thousand for some of these games. Because a college baseball fans are just starved for it. They were the ones who really didn't get much of, of a season last year. And you got three fan bases from that outside Texas that'll go over there. State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas will all travel. Oh, yeah. for this, no question. You know, you're talking about the top three. I mean, in the West for sure. Well, I mean, I guess LSU's there. Well, all all six teams in this event are top ten. All, in all top baseball. ten teams. It's crazy. That's kind of and this. Who's the lowest like ranked? Sh- Is it TCU? I can't. They ninth. I, I think know. that's right. I don't know, but it's kind of crazy how it worked out because it's not like they just put this thing together last week. It's been the networks for two years. I know, and you just happened to get six of the top like, ten teams in the country. The, the organizers of this event have to be doubly either really happy and really sad at the same time, right? Yeah. Like, we got the best possible field. Anybody, It is quite possible that the field in Omaha won't be as strong as this six-team field is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's possible. quite possible that there'll be three underdogs that make it to Omaha, and you've got five good teams. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, you, you may have half the Omaha field right there getting together. Yeah. More than half. I mean, hell. I, All of these teams could make it. Yeah, I guess so. And then, but at the same time, you can only sell 15,000 tickets. So, not that not that I think that a college baseball game would have gotten 35,000, 40,000, but it could have gotten 20. Yeah. I don't... I, I think it's in the Superdome is the record for a uh, a off campus game. I think LSU Tulane one year when Tulane was like right at the peak of everything. Yeah, had a like a twenty thousand game. I think Georgia Georgia Tech had a big one too a few years back over at uh, I Braves. Guess, I, I think it may have been SunTrust. I could be wrong though. Now Truist. Truist. Uh, very, we're very brand conscious here. <laughs> so twenty eight days away from college baseball. 
Can't Hallelujah. wait. At 11 a.m. on a Friday? Yeah, I may, 11 a.m. games all three days. I may take the day off. <laughs> we'll, we'll cook out. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll figure something out. All right. You guys have a great weekend. We'll have to pay for it, though, for flowsports.tv or whatever. Oh, not on TV? I was wondering about that. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I wish that was something that like MLB Network or somebody would pick that'd up. That would be fantastic. Yes, why not? That, that, you can't tell me that's not better programming than whatever you're going to have on that day. I mean, I, I guess it would probably... Well, Honestly... No, spring training games wouldn't have even started yet, so yeah. Especially why, like for State, a, 11 a.m.? I mean, is that going to get... You're going to tell me that's not going to get better ratings than, you know, first take on ESPN or something? I, I imagine not. Whatever. We'll be back on uh, Sunday afternoon. We didn't really talk about Mississippi State basketball uh, versus Alabama. That game is at 5 p.m. on Saturday. and uh, But, I mean, I think we're both in agreement. State's probably going to get close to run out of the gym. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean the, way Alabama's, the way Alabama's playing. You're playing and, at the worst possible time. They're so hot right now. State has seemingly been kind of mentally tough at points mm-hmm. throughout the course of this year, so I could see them playing somewhat well, but Alabama's just on a different you, when you play right now. Especially so. for State that doesn't shoot the three ball well, you're playing three against two. Yeah. They're going to score three, and you're going to get two. And so if they have the normal number of possessions, you're going to lose by 20-plus just because you're not getting the three balls that they're getting. I mean, the prayer here if you're Mississippi State is just the old return to the mean for yeah. Alabama. Well, what is the mean for them? I don't know. They've been shooting like this all year, it feels like. so. We'll see. Guys, have a great weekend. Joel and I will be back with you on Sunday uh, evening. At the latest. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.